Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. NordVPN.com slash FIFO brings you the fastest VPN in the world, the ability to change your virtual location with just one click, and online threat protection. That blocks you against malware, annoying pop-up ads, and so much more. And they have several tiers for you. That way you can get what you want. You can get four months free and a 30-day money-back guarantee with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Maybe you want to order UFC pay-per-views but don't want to spend so much money. Maybe you miss AEW Plus or WWE Network or something like that. NordVPN.com slash Fightful allows you to change your virtual location with just one click and gain access to those things. Get that geo-blocked content. Make sure you browse safely and securely. NordVPN.com slash Fightful makes your browsing experience and just your life experience much more versatile. Four months free and a 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful here with a name you know. You've seen him a little bit of everywhere. You've seen him in AEW. You've seen him in Impact Wrestling, Championship Wrestling. Even saw him in WWE once upon a time. We got Peter Avalon. Peter, how you doing? The pretty professional producer, Peter Avalon, PPA all day. Man, I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to have you here as well. So uh, a little story I didn't mention off the air. There was like Kentucky still has a ref- an athletic commission, right? It's so weird. Yeah. But the guy that ran it, used to wrestle and he was like he was kind of a hard ass to to a lot of us like he was he was like very very by the book he made headlines when he derailed bar stools like rough and rowdy show out here one Mm -hmm. time but we found out that his gimmick name was peter perfect and he was he was really like effeminate and he'd be like i have the perfect peter and all that stuff and i tried to google all of his stuff but because you do so much stuff you're the only double P Peter. You're the only PP Peter <laughs> that pops up on Google. You have completely Perfect. wiped out his SEO. Good, 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 good. When you look up PP on Google, you find That's me right. ideally, right? That's right. So <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn, Peter Avalon completely overcame it. And I told him that and he's like, good. I'm glad. He's like, I don't want any of that stuff out there, but but here you are. I mean, there's there's so much to talk about. I've never had the opportunity to interview you before, but um, I was telling you off the air, one of the first times I saw you was obviously the Nor Vernum stuff. And that's oh, what made me look at EC3 and be like, this guy can do a lot, but look at Nor Vernum. He's an entertaining <laughs> guy. 
How thank like you, thank you. What did that mean to you at that point of your career? Because you had been in wrestling for a few years at that point. <clears throat> I had, uh, man. It was also at like a down point in my personal life too. I was at like my smallest. I was like mentally unwell. I was in a bad relationship. So to have something like this, uh, like you know, kind of be given to me, I was like, hey, awesome, cool. Uh, what was funny about it though, and um, just kind of tacked on into that that mental anguish I was dealing with at the time was I found out why I was reached out and it was that they wanted somebody to wrestle EC3 that didn't look like a wrestler so <laughs> everybody they had asked apparently they looked like wrestlers in these uh, producers eyes and when they sent them good old sick pretty Pete they said this is the one this is the guy and here I came and I mean, like, to be fair, like years later when I saw you as Peter Avalon, I didn't know that it was the same guy at first. I think I looked at Good. a cage match or something like that, and I was like, oh, my God, that's the guy that I liked in TNA wrestling. Eventually, they, they brought you back, and you had, like, a quick world title match. Like, how did you feel by that point? Were you, like, happy to do that, or were you like, man, I'm ready to move past this thing? Of course I was ready to move past Norfernum because it just reminded me of when I was sick. They were intentionally uh, – like, I can look stupid on my own, you know? But they were trying their damnedest to, like, make me look stupid on how how they sigh. And it was just like, right, let's put this kid in a singlet. And then when I came back, I was a little bigger. So I did. I filled the singlet out. And uh, the segment was real short. I got, like, squashed right away. Um, and Impact, actually, we had, a, we had a show. They had a show with Championship Wrestling. They used all our production. We ran at, the believe, the Florentine Gardens when they did a, a tour of Los Angeles. So it was appropriate for them to, you know, pack their wrestlers and the apron and come use all of United Wrestling stuff. Um, so they put me versus Jordan Clearwater on the show. Uh, so I think it was on Impact. It might have been on their online, whatever. Uh, but it's available there. I also had a tag match in my stripper gimmick uh, for Impact as well. Um, you know, so they were they were given a couple of the United Wrestling guys matches because, of course, they had to. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up United Wrestling and like you know, birth from championship wrestling and a lot of that. Right. I don't think a lot of people know you did a bunch of production work there as well. Like how did yeah, you man. get into that? And like, what is the process? I heard like hundreds of episodes you did production on. I've done, I've, I've, I've produced over 250 episodes of television uh, with just championship wrestling from Arizona alone. It's a regional broadcast to Arizona, Phoenix, Tucson, and Yuma were the major markets it was in. Uh, at the time, Phoenix is the 10th largest DMA uh, in the United States. So it had a lot of people watching, you know, our program. Uh, and then it was available uh, on, uh, all over the world uh, online. I think it was on Fight TV as well. And I'm just going to say, I think like me and the, and the guys at the time, because we were such a good team, we saved uh, United Wrestling, especially with the, especially United Wrestling, the, the championship wrestling from Arizona broadcast. It was around for three years. I ran it for two years. Uh, the first year started off okay in Tucson, and by the end of that year, uh, the person that was running the show didn't want to run the show anymore. The casino didn't want to have the relationship with us anymore, and the show was on the verge of being canceled. Uh, we were able to finance it, get it financed, and we moved it to Phoenix, to the Nile Theater in Mesa, Arizona, uh, which is next door to Phoenix. Uh, the Nile's an awesome theater. If anyone's in uh, in town over there and wants to see a show, a uh, punk rock show or something. They're awesome. They got an upstairs and a downstairs, a very gracious, very gracious building. Um, but we formed a good relationship with them and we saved the damn show. We ran it for another two years where our first show 
was at the this this shit nightclub called the Empire Room, and uh, we were with this this shit promoter. I don't remember what the hell his name was. Who cares? And he and he ran us for for a bunch of money. And he said he was going to promote Alberto Del Rio on the, at the time it was okay to promote Alberto Del Rio on this show, and uh, we never booked Alberto. The guy took all our money and he went and ran a, and ran a show across town. And yeah, he ran a show, ran a lucha show across town with our money. And that that show was a tournament to crown our first champion. We drew a whopping, ready for this, eight people eight. in that crowd. Eight whole people, a lot of empty chairs. So we you all outdrew the audience, probably. Yeah, the wrestler. We had more wrestlers in the, in the tournament. We had eight wrestlers in the tournament. <laughs> it was what. That was like it was me, Royce Isaacs. You know, we had we had we had good Love dudes. Royce. Uh, yeah, we had good dudes in this in this tournament um, to crown our first champion, who ended up being Gino Rivera. And then we just built this show. We finally formed a relationship with the with the Nile Room. And by the time uh, we were up and running at the Nile, we were selling these shows out. We packed the house. We're turning people away. We were booking. Uh, we were booking. Guys from the NWA like Tim Storm, Nick Aldis. We booked uh, we booked everyone's favorite MJF way before Tony did. Like <laughs> so, uh, I I know Tony. I know that MJF's a television star, but I saw that too. That's why we put him on television. So I produced him on uh, on the Arizona show, and I also produced put him on booked him on my uh, a birthday party show that I had in two thousand. Oh, nice. Yeah, he wrestled. On both broad on both programs, uh, he defended his CZW championship. Uh, he wrestled uh, in the Arizona show a local guy named Watson, very talented, and then he wrestled uh, uh, Ring of Honor's Bateman on yeah. my birthday show. On my birthday show, that's that's incredible. So I mean, like, what all goes into the process of something like that? Like, how how far would the production aspect that you were involved in do? Because I, I know in in stuff like that, it's like sometimes yeah. you have your hands in every single thing on any given week. Oh, dude, with Arizona, we're very we were very bare bones, very bare bones budget as well as bare bones. You know, so we had a smaller crew. It, you could throw money at, at everything and you could get the solution done. We didn't have that, so we had to be very DIY and practical. And we and we pulled it out of our ass sometimes uh, to get to the show that we're selling selling the Nile Theater out and, and turning people away. Uh, people tuning into the show every week people still come up to me and talk about arizona when i'm not just in arizona they're talking they talk about my feud with tim storm they talk about uh they, they wish that they saw the the finale to me fighting r3 who's a local arizona guy so it's like shit thank you for watching people uh still brought up the mjf watson match just because he uh pulled a some bullshit to keep the belt it's like you know they people the, the show came in was around for a very short time but it became the number one thing in arizona for wrestling right away so i kept calling myself the number one wrestler from arizona that's not from arizona you know <laughs> i love uh i mean i love tim storm i i tim's great around i think it was after it was after his nwa world title run because admittedly before that the only reason i knew tim storm is because i would google who the nwa world champion was and right. then he would pop up, and when Billy Corgan bought it, I was like, well, what the hell are they going to do with this? And then you met and saw Tim Storm. I did this interview with him, yeah. and he's just this genuine, captivating guy. He is the everyman that looks like a Superman. Like, he's it's, yeah. he's such a unique thing. And he's like, 
No, I just love yeah. wrestling. And he was the only guy that wasn't carnying the NWA. He was the only guy that showed he was genuine. And yeah. and y'all are having a kiss my foot match. <laughs> as much as I hate his disgusting feet, he is a genuine man and he is a great man. I just did NWA recently, so it was great to see him again. And he got to do commentary uh, with Joe Galley, who is also an Arizona yeah. legend. Uh, commentary on Arizona shows. So it was nice to kind of be back amongst the crew that helped establish Arizona, you know. It was good. So who reaches out to you these days to to get you on NWA? I know there's there's Pat Kenny doing a lot of stuff like that, but uh, who's the person that reaches out, especially considering you, you do still have an affiliation with AEW? Mm-hmm. I have a personal relationship with Billy, with Billy Corgan. Okay. I also have a personal relationship with Billy Trask, the, the director of the broadcast. He's a former roommate of mine. Um, and he's very, very talented pro wrestling director. He directed our, uh, he did a lot of the, the championship wrestling shows and the Arizona shows. And he's, he's very, very, very talented director. Um, and then, uh, uh, Joe Galley, Pat Kenny. So. Yeah. I, I was always interested yeah. about that. And I, I know you work in new Japan. I just always assume mm-hmm. the answer to that is Rocky Romero. Rocky Romero has been, uh, my, my point of contact when it comes to, <laughs> Uh, New Japan, yeah. So it's exciting though. I'm uh, I'm kicking ass over there, man. I'm undefeated, two and zero, Big P. How how has that been doing New Japan stuff? Because I I love what New Japan Strong is doing. Like I I think that that is just such a wonderful wrestling product that that has yeah. Like they'll have their young guys, then they'll have established guys, then out of nowhere they'll have guys like you pop up from other companies that that we've seen all over TV. It's 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 a fantastic format. I love it. I I get. I feel I'm getting an opportunity to showcase stuff I don't really get to, to showcase that I can do, uh, especially with like a you know American television style, pro wrestling that I'm so fond of. Uh, but with the with the with the more fight and combat, I get to, you know stepping up a level. I feel when it comes to aggression and things. So another time I'd seen you pop up on TV before AEW was against the Bludgeon Brothers. Oh um, brother. So I mean, boys. <laughs> that that is an ass whooping experience, but I mean you're in there, and especially given you know unfortunate passing of Brody Lee, probably something you hold close to your heart, I would imagine. I like I, I that that man is another genuine man. Every I know you everyone's heard the stories of personal stories, so I don't have as much of a personal relationship uh, with him, unfortunately. But from my short time knowing him and getting to interact with him, he's a beautiful man. Uh, the time at WWE, he made me feel very comfortable, especially because at the time, it's not a comfortable place to be backstage, especially as a as an extra man, you know. And I was an extra uh, in Phoenix at the time, and I I had a, a, a tryout producer match uh, before the, with the, in front of the producers before the show, um, and then they threw me and another California guy, Fidel Bravo, in there to get beat up by the by the Hammer Boys, and. When we were in gorilla position, of course, me and me and Fidel are like nervous. We're talking to each other. We put up, we put together this match with them, uh, and then just as we're warming up and stretching and doing our thing, Brody is just very talkative. You know, he's looking us in the face and eyes and, and smiling and being very nice. And and uh, I know that doesn't sound like much, but when no one's fucking looking at you all day, for somebody to look at you in the eyes and smile and talk to yeah. you, it means a fucking lot. You know. Uh, and like we just we had I think he might have known that we have mutual friends from, from the independents and have worked a lot of the same things or uh, just, you know, different times. And um, we just had a good conversation. And what we bonded over was our fan, our, our fandom of Kane, you know, that oh, we enjoyed nice. Kane. 
uh, I complimented his gear and I said, it reminded me of Kane. And he said, that's what I was going for when I asked for it. I love Kane. And I was like, bro. <laughs> and we just started talking about Kane. I've tried to get uh, Gallows to book on one of his talking shop manias since they don't have, yeah. they can't be Kane. He was the fake Kane. So what he should yes. have is somebody be the fake, fake Kane and face yes, him. double fake. But I like th- that. The one time I spoke to Brody Lee, it was because it, I was working on a story about him being upset that someone else wasn't taken care of in the ring. And right. uh, he kind of knew that was going to get out, but uh, he called, he let me know the story. He's like, well, I'd appreciate it if it didn't. And then before we got off the phone, he's like, by the way, I got a big scoop for you. And I'm like, oh yeah? Then he hung up, which <laughs> is probably one of yeah. my favorite experiences of all time. But like, This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash fightful. Uh, I, I'm always so interested in how people end up in those extra spots, in like working a match with the Bludgeon Brothers. Who did you get in contact with or vice versa to even come in? Man, shit, I don't remember. I want to say, I think I just got booked as a, as a regular extra. And then because uh, they saw that I was there, they gave me the uh, the match in front of the producers. Uh, Adam Pierce is one of the producers. Uh, so I knew... Uh, people going in. I knew a lot of the wrestlers there at the time, which are a lot of my coworkers now. Uh, funnily, funny enough. And then, um, yeah. So it was just they kind of they they knew I was there, so they gave me a match with a wrestler that I had been booking on the Arizona show in front of producers, uh, and it went well. Um, it went well that they pulled me over to the side to talk to people, and they were telling me about considering me for two hundred five. They had positions uh, spots available for two hundred five. Um, Things like that. So, yeah, I had I had actually heard that. I had heard that mm-hmm. um, that there were multiple people in the company that were pushing for you to be on two hundred five. Why, mm-hmm. like, why did you not end up doing that? Like, was it was it just a personal choice? Did you look at? Because uh, I mean, I I don't have a frame of reference of the time. Like, maybe the AEW thing was happening. Uh, why did you end up passing on that? <clears throat> well, I go to a lot of people for for advice. You know, what I mean, I have my. My, my, my people there that I've been with for a while, you know, United Wrestling and everything. And then uh, 
I keep it. I talk to Pierce, Adam Pierce, a lot about my career trajectory and what I should do, and uh, different people, different places, just to kind of see, you know, what what I should do. And it's um, the timing of everything was AEW was coming around, uh, and that within you know just the months happening and, and talks being happening with everybody, just the Cody reached out and told me to keep May available if I can. And then as just, I got more and more information as it came out, uh, I was eventually offered a, an opportunity with, with AEW that just overlapped with the timing of it. And after um, conversations with, with uh, certain people, like the ones, my people that I previously just, you know, just talking about uh, telling me to bet on myself, you know, I went with the, what was presented to me in front of me was the AEW contract. And I took I took that. So I bet on myself and wanted to be joined with AEW because they had an idea, they had a vision, and it wasn't just like, let's keep talking, let's keep talking, let's keep talking. It was yeah. like, here, here's something, something. And I had the EVPs telling me to keep time open and then, you know, eventually I'm I'm being pitched a character and and, and uh, you know, and then here I am. So uh, one of those early AEW ideas was the feud with Brandon Cutler, which I, God, I was so entertained. That kept me tuning into that program every week. That's great that you, that's great that you say that. That's yes. wonderful that you say that. I didn't mean to cut you off, you know, no, because the, the feud with Cutler was completely just written on the fly because we were just two guys that had nothing to do and we weren't doing anything. And it was just something happening during the, uh, the pandemic, you know, and that's one of those I'm things glad. like when, when I look at, you know, people online and always say, oh, well, this person is booked this way and they always lose. And I'm like, well, I watch these two guys lose all the time. And they made it a story. They, right. they did that while making other people look good, making themselves entertaining, playing yeah. off of one another. Cause it's always easier to play off of somebody else as well. Totally. It's and fun. I mean, I was invested in that. I was invested in seeing <laughs> who was going to lose first, who was going to win first. I thought the face off with Tony Khan there was was brilliant. Like what what all do you all have to go through to even get like Tony involved in that? He is a busy guy, but I mean he had to see the magic that was involved there as well. I hope I'm hoping that he did. Uh <laughs> I like like I said everything up until that point was just complete uh, the entire the loser versus loser thing was completely done on the fly. Uh there was no writing for it. It was just, it was legit just done per show. We discussed it. We made and things just kind of happened. Um, yeah. I'm not sure where the history of the pandemic, the pandemic started. What I, I think like a March, 2020 is when it is when the, the yeah. shows got canceled. Yeah. And October 9, uh, 2019 is when the show I think hit TV. So we were only on for a few months, you know, um, the librarian was doing some, some TV, and then immediately pulled from TV, and put on Too Dark occasionally, and then with no direction, um, the librarian character really never had any direction. So it was just kind of business as usual. I show up to work, no direction, and then the pandemic started, and then uh, most of the California guys aren't on the road. Uh, and then just we just 
started just kind of building this thing between me and Brandon on BTE because we were, yeah, like you said, just both, uh, both the loser, the loser's record. And that was just suggested and kind of written by the Bucks, the so, Bucks and Brandon and, and me all together talking, but mostly them. So who's the, uh, I assume is it was maybe the Bucks that went to Tony and said, Hey, can you do this face off for this? So that, I asked Tony to do that because we were we were in the Jacksonville hotel and everyone was downstairs, um, you know, mingling, doing uh, the brothering thing, you know, talking, chatting, and and uh, and doing that. And me and Brandon were we had this idea like, hey, let's do a press conference. Yes. Uh, so that I don't remember whose idea it was. I, it was what it was. I was just going to say it was a collective idea of Brandon and I. Let's do this press conference and make this like it's a big fight feel because of how silly it is. The two losers, and then. Tony was there. We asked, so I, I asked him and he said, yes. So it was all impromptu on the spot. We just all happened to run into each other and made it work. And uh, it's awesome. I think that's one of Tony. I think that's Tony's still Tony's only thing he did on ETE. Might be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, it's a lot of fun. He had a lot of fun. He was all smiles and everything like uh, when the camera wasn't rolling. And uh, after watching it back too, man, I, I didn't, I forgot how animated his face was and it was, it was good stuff. It was good stuff. He was I, hilarious. Really, I rewatched really funny. it this week and it was, it was so much fun. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm always interested to hear how groups come together too. And the wingmen has also been a very fun group. Uh, I mean, with, with like, I, I never thought I was going to see Ryan Nimeth back in wrestling again. Like who expected that? And that guy is right. just supremely talented as well. And, and that's been highlighted. How, how is this group like pieced together? Who comes up with the idea of, putting you all together like i said show up to work with nothing and then uh stuff happens it just kind of happens because people see us put us together uh so when cody was cody was with us cody's a cody's a reason why i have a lot of the pretty peter mm-hmm. stuff um it was the bucks idea to switch me back to pretty peter from the librarian and then i uh i had the the I started wanting to try to do it as like the uh, the continental, and I started doing those those skits with a couple of the production people that we had, or which were a lot of fun. Um, and then we just kind of the character just kind of stopped. There was really nothing else, no one behind it to, to kind of help assist me getting it forward. Uh, and then Cody tried to help make it something. He started uh, adding different tweaks on it, and he ultimately. Uh, suggested the, the the pageant and we did me versus Lee Johnson with the walk-off and everything was all done on dark. So it's nice that I kind of found a nice, a nice spot with little, little angles on dark. I love being the king of dark. I think I'm one of the only guys that's had multiple angles on, on the, on the show. So that's great. I love it. Um, so now we're getting this week by week thing where it's me and Lee Johnson. Uh, by the way, we've still never had our one on one one on one blow off. Unfortunate by the way. injury uh, to Lee. Yeah. I hate, hate that that happened. Yeah. Uh, but then we had that's where they put Cesar and I together, you know, and just Cody and, and, and me working together to kind of make this a week by week thing where I'm on commentary, admiring people's looks and signing my, my autographs and give to people in an eight by 10 and everything and just having this, 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 this joint bang you know his brainstorm be done to create something for, for for the character peter avalon was was a lot of fun and it just met and led to week by week stuff and it ultimately joined me up with cesar bononi we became a tag team which was a lot of fun we got the debut as a kind of a tag team as i think it was revolution and their tag their tag gauntlet thing and uh so it was fun to kind of be an official team we had a we had a, a graphic made for the pay-per-view and then uh i blew out my acl 
<laughs> and I, I, I think I was at some of my peak physical. I was like a buck, a buck 80. I was looking, I felt strong. I don't look like Cesar, but next to him, I felt <laughs> real good and, and real big. And I, I loved the dynamic that we had of just the kind of, we're kind of twins, you know? Um, and then, yeah, I blew out my knee and then I just got taken off the road. And ultimately the wingman was the, was, <sighs> The act at the time was they were trying something with JD and Nemeth where they were kind of like odd couple. And then I think they put Cesar with them. And I think that might've been uh, an idea of Christian to put us all together as the wingmen. And then when I saw that they were all kind of together, I assumed that I was still with Cesar. So I'm dealing with my knee injury the best I can. Uh, and I start flying myself out to the tapings because they're not booking me. So I just bring myself out to be amongst the show and then they start booking me because I'm there and then ultimately now the wingman is a foursome and I'm performing as a manager for them pretty much with a with a bad knee uh thank uh which is something you're very Tony. good at <laughs> thank you that was a lot of fun um but it was it was a bummer that I wasn't able to really get the thing with me and Cesar going because I hurt myself but it was nice to be able to be a part of something still as I was healing um and then I want, you know, th thankfully Tony and AEW took care of my, my knee and I was able to come back and join the rest of the wingmen. And now we have the foursome. So, I mean, we have seen you pop up on new Japan NWA. So that would lead me to believe you're under a different structured AEW deal than, than some others. Like Correct. how, how long is your deal? I mean, I feel free to tell me to go play in traffic. I know that can be private information, but right, right, like, right. I'm always, I gotta <laughs> ask. Well, it's con contract season's coming up for uh, Big Pete, okay. I guess. You know what I mean? And uh, me and my people, I've been talking to different people, you know, honestly making different phone calls, different phone calls to me. It is what it is. And just uh, I'm I'm playing for a, for a real contract, you know? Okay, nice. So, so, I mean, if that were offered by AEW even, if they were to be like, hey, let's get you back on like a full-time deal, is that something you'd be interested in? Of course. I'm an AEW original. Dynamite since day one. I want to be an AEW legend. I want to die an AEW legend. Of course. You know, I I am a loyal guy. And honestly, I'm loyal to a fault. Honestly. And uh, I see it a lot of time in just decisions made in my career. It is what it is. But I, I, I'm an AEW original. Dynamite since day one. I love that. Uh, yeah. Were you paid a flat fee or are you getting residuals from Car Shield? <laughs> oh see i was fucking flat feet i'm not uh -huh. sagging on any of that stuff but it was fun to play with rick flair you know what i'm saying yeah. chopping me and shit like i yeah. mean that was the thing like you'd pop up on wwe tv on commercials and the original forbidden door right there <laughs> that's it i am the og forbidden door man like i was popping up on commercials and people are popping for this stuff and it's like yeah here i am you know they at least no, they didn't give you free coverage anything Brother, let me tell you, Car Shield, thanks for taking care of United Wrestling Network, though. I appreciate it. They take care of me in other ways. That's true. Okay, that's so. very true, because I would see that on, on yeah. UWN stuff all the time. So, I mean, that's because, because yeah. I mean, Marquez was popping up on there. Marquez got a payday yeah, yeah. for it, too. Like, hey, brother, let's not, let's not talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> no, now. It was good. No, Marquez got a payday. Uh, uh, LA Knight got a payday. Ric Flair, obviously. Yeah, got a LA Knight did get one. Yeah. A couple of the other Hollywood guys got a got a payday, you know, uh, Dan Joseph, 
Have you done any other commercial work? Because I mean, it seems like right up your alley as well. I had, I had a commercial agent. I've done some stuff. I just actually did a, uh, did a TV show and that's really as much as I, I could say about it because of like the NDA I signed. I just did a, some stunt work on a TV show. Uh, and then, the film that I did actually at Diamante's in too, Pact of Vengeance, okay. is getting a uh, it's getting wider distribution too. So it should it should end up on a lot more streaming platforms pretty soon. It's uh, it's a low budget film, but man, he he kills it. This dude, uh, Led Kabazinski, man, he's a uh, he's a karate dude, and he's he's dope. He uh, his films they're low budget, but he does a lot of cool. Sure. Uh, cool it's it's like total B movie stuff, and he does it well. It's, it's well. So this was his biggest budget so far, and he kills it. Yeah, because like when I saw you in that commercial, I'm like, well, of course, like if you're gonna have one or two guys, it's gonna be like L.A. Knight and Peter Avalon. Like that's just, well, the, yeah. I think it it fit really, really well there. But uh, so I mean, is that something you'd like to branch out into as well? Of course, man. I'm currently going to the the Groundlings and taking a uh, the improv course there. I auditioned to take the improv course, and they passed me, of course, and I. Uh, I'm taking the beginner's course right now, which I'm probably going to have to retake because I keep missing missing the uh, class because I keep getting booked. I got booked in Germany and New York and all these different places with AEW. Not complaining, of course. But, yeah. Uh, it's a good problem it to have. It is what it is. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. So I'm staying busy with stuff that's outside of wrestling. I'm staying stuff. Uh, I'm obviously staying busy with stuff that's within wrestling. Um, yeah, man. But it's like I'm I'm playing for a contract. I'm playing for a contract. It's contract season and that's, it is what it is, man. Well, I'm excited. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that happens soon. Love, love talking to you for the first time. I'm going to save some stuff for the next time, though, as All well. Right. But I want to thank you so much for taking the time. Tell the people where they can follow you on social media. Instagram.com slash PPA all day or Twitter.com slash Pavilon. So, and PeterAvalon.com, which leads to all that stuff. So. The true PP of wrestling. That's it. PPA. There you go. Get 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 Peter perfect the hell out of here. It's Peter yeah, Avalon all day. Until next time, guys, we're out.